you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up? What's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 101, 101 of the Banner Ranch Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? What's going on? Hope you had a super duper weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBancher18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBancher Podcast. And I'm sure all of you are aware that I'm a part of the Big Night Media team. So make sure you check out all their other great podcasts like Eat the Damn Cake, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, Burnt Toast, and the Let's Get Rich Podcast. But before we actually begin, just a couple quick PSAs from the Big Night Media crew. Number one, where's the plan.org? I'll say that again. Where's the plan.org. Check out that website to find out how you can help and save the restaurant and hospitality industry with all the restrictions that the state of Massachusetts has put on restaurants. And not only just the state of Massachusetts, but all states have put on restaurants and the hospitality business with everything going on with COVID. So check that out. Where's the plan.org. And then coming soon, Wicked Big Burritos. You can check it out on Grubhub or your favorite delivery food delivery apps, but two and a half pound burritos. Wicked Big Burritos, two and a half pound burritos. I saw a picture of the mac and cheese one. Pretty sure if I eat that, I may never eat for the rest of my life because it looks so filling and so goddamn good. So that's that. And then finally, most importantly, sports cards are back. Trading cards are back. You know, if you're my age, I'm 35, back in the 90s, trading cards was the thing. I used to go to a barbershop with my dad and then about five stores down in like a little plaza was a card store and we would go there every single time I got my hair cut and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So I'm glad the hobby is back. Currently, I'm looking at a Tommy Heinsohn die cut autograph card, number 51 out of 99. It's a Panini and I bought it right after Tommy died. Trading cards are back and it's a real thing. So you have to check out tonight, Monday night, if you are listening because you know I release the podcast on Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern at Big Night Breaks on Instagram, we'll be going live with Grant Williams and Taco Fall of the Boston Celtics opening up some cards. It's going to be really, really cool. Hopefully we can pull some Taco Fall rookies. Hopefully we can pull some Grant Williams rookie cards, etc., etc. So check out at Big Night Breaks with Chris Costa and Timmy Tens only tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, to see Taco and Grant Williams hopefully get some cool cards and make a lot of money off of it because some of these cards that are selling these days are going for a ridiculous amount of money, and it's pretty cool. So... That's that. Let's get into episode 101 of the Banner Banch Podcast. Bad luck has struck again with the Banner Banch Podcast. A couple weeks ago, I recorded on a Sunday. About six hours later, Jason Tatum resigned. I recorded last week, this time a little bit later in the day on Sunday, and then the Gordon Hayward trade extension came out, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Also, some injury news came out for the Celtics. I'll give you my thoughts on those. And what else? I think that was it, really, that struck the bad luck train of the Banner Banch Podcast. So, Just real quick before we get in the trade exception, the injury news, and before I break out the Boston Celtics schedule, I'm going to break down the whole thing, give you my thoughts, concerns, and or recipes about it, 
you know I love when the schedule comes out because being a season ticket holder for as long as I've been, schedule day is the best day. I would make like this Excel sheet where I'd be like, the date, the time, who they were playing, their best player, what station it was on, if I was going to go, and if I was going to sell the tickets, how much. I usually only try and sell like three or four games a year, and I usually sell it back to the Celtics because that's the right thing to do because scalpers stink. All right, so some fun news real quick. Emil Jefferson. Emil Jefferson, former teammate of Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum tweeted out the other day that the Celtics should sign Emil Jefferson because he recently is a free agent. He did get drafted by the Orlando Magic. I think it was a couple years ago. I think it was actually the same year Tatum got drafted because Jason Tatum and Emil Jefferson were teammates at Duke University that one year that Jason Tatum was there. So I'm pretty sure the Celtics were like, wait, Jason, hold on. Jason Tatum wants some wants us to sign someone. Okay, whatever you want, Jason, whatever you want. And that's great. Emil Jefferson will forever have a piece of my heart because in 2015, he brought a national championship to Duke University in the Final Four for Coach K. And if you win a national championship for Duke University, I will forever love you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm a Duke fan, so get over it. But more importantly, I'm a Celtics fan. So Emil Jefferson going to be signed. I, I believe it's just like a training day. Uh, a training day. <laughs> Love that movie. But a training camp contract, and hopefully he can make the team. There are talks about the NBA expanding the rosters from 13 players to 15 players because of COVID. So if you know two guys miss a game and everyone else is negative because those two guys are positive, then they can still play the game. So keep an eye out on that. And Emil Jefferson could be one of those guys that you know just is number 14 or number 15 on the roster. So that's that. But the other cool news, Evan Turner. Evan Evan Turner is returning to the Boston Celtics, this time as an assistant coach. A lot of you may remember Kara Lawson last year. She was the female assistant coach that left for Duke University to coach their women's team before the bubble. Evan Turner will be filling that role. It's going to be focused on player development, and hopefully that player development is focused on mental toughness because a lot of these young kids are soft. We talked about that a lot during the bubble, that these kids can't close, and hopefully Evan Turner can do that. Evan Turner returned to TD Garden a couple years ago with the Trailblazers and said that the next time the Celtics bring me back, we'll be winning a championship. So let's go. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Like, that's the type of attitude we need. I think Evan Turner and Brad Stevens are, like, secretly best friends. And I'm going to start a crazy rumor right now. That's why Gordon Hayward left. Because Gordon Hayward was going to get jealous of how close Evan Turner and Brad Stevens are. So that's that. All right. Are we ready for a headache? Are we ready to literally get all twisted? I'm going to talk about this trade exception. I know I'm a week late. I don't care. It's because of the bad luck that I have. And I know a lot of people have been saying a bunch of different things, whether it's on sports radio, social media, TV, whatever the case may be. It's very confusing. So I'm going to try and give you the, the basics. I'm going to try and be you and ask questions that I think you may ask, and I'm going to try and answer them. Then we're going to talk about the Celtics injury news, and then I'm going to talk about the Celtics uh, schedule, the first part of the schedule. We'll break it all down for you, and then I'll let you be, and we'll get ready for episode 102 next week of the Banner Branch Podcast. So here are the basics. The Boston Celtics sent Gordon Hayward in two second-round draft picks, the 2023 and 2024 draft pick, to the Hornets. The Hornets sent back a trade exception and a conditional 2022 second-round pick. Got it? Good. The trade exception is a total of around $28 million, but this could change to $30 million. It could change to $35 million. It could change to $20 million, depending on how Gordon Hayward's contract with the Hornets is. He has a four-year deal. So a lot of NBA contracts are usually 
front uh, are usually backloaded, which means you start off making lower money, and then as the contract goes, you make more money. Now, the Hornets may switch this up because Gordon Hayward, you know, they may say is a little bit older, so they may want to front load it while he's really good, and then that way <clears throat> they can make put less money on the back of the contract, and it could be easier for them to get rid of if he's 32, 33 years old and it's just not working out. Does that make sense for everyone? So once we figure out the details of the Gordon Hayward contract situation, we will actually find out what the trade exception would be. So it could be more money than $28 million. It could be less money than $28 million. So all that matters is we find out that first year of what Gordon Hayward's going to make with the Charlotte Hornets. So now your next question is, all right, cool story. Timmy G, what the hell is a trade exception? Great question. I'm glad you asked that. A team trades a player but does not take any salary back in that process. This will only cover the first year of the player's contract. So an example being, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I love Bradley Beal. It's not because he's really good friends with Jason Tatum. It's not because they're really good friends from St. Louis. None of that. I think Bradley Beal is one of the most underappreciated, most underrated players in the league. And I would love him to be on the Celtics. Now, even though, technically, if this trade exception is $28 million, Bradley Beal makes $28.8 million in his contract, so it won't work out. But in this scenario, let's say he makes $28 million and the trade exception is $28 million. Got it? Good. The Celtics can send three first-round draft picks, for example, or two first-round draft picks and Romeo Lankford and get Bradley Beal back in return just to make sure that the money matches, give or take. His $28 million salary won't affect the Celtics' salary cap this year, but next year they have to find a way to make it work. For example, they trade two first-round picks and Romeo Lankford. Bradley Beal comes to the Celtics. We don't have to worry about his money this year at $28 million. Next year, let's say he makes 30 the Celtics have to find a way to clear $30 million of cap space before the season starts back up next year. So that could be getting rid of Kemba Walker. That could be getting rid of Tristan Thompson and Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, so on and so forth. So just think of it that way. Just remember, it's probably best if Danny tries during the all-star break of the trade deadline to find a player that can really fit the team, use that salary for a short period of time, and then get rid of it. Now, the other thing that a lot of people don't know is that this can be used on multiple players from one team in a trade. For example, they could trade for Evan Fournier from the Magic, who I think would be sneaky good on this team, and another random person off the Orlando Magic's bench. For example, remember how I mentioned Emil Jefferson was drafted by the Orlando Magic? He's now a free agent. Let's say Emil Jefferson was still on the team. The Celtics could trade for Evan Fournier and Emil Jefferson, as long as both of those players' contracts combined don't go over that $28 million trade exception. Does that make sense for everyone? Great. But with that being said, you can only use that trade exception once. So those two guys combined, let's make, let's say, makes $21 million. The other $7 million of the deal is gone. And they can't also add it to multiple extensions. For example, Danny Ainge got a trade exception for Ennis Cantor. Cantor banter, rest in peace. And I think it was for like 4 or $5 million. So Danny can't take that $28 million one from the Hornets and the $5 million one from the Trailblazers, since that's where Ennis Cantor is going, and they can't combine it and make it $33 million. 
Does that all make sense? So your next question is, well, when can they use it, Timmy G? I'm so glad that you asked that. The Celtics have one calendar year to make it work. So I believe, I think it was on November 29th they got it. So November 29th, 2020 to November 29th, 2021 is when Danny Ainge can use it. It can go away and be nothing. Sometimes trade exceptions really aren't used that much. But next season, at the start of the season, if Danny wants to kind of pull trades off, if he wants to sign a player and he thinks that, you know, Kemba's not going to be the same guy, he can figure all that out and make it happen. So he has one full calendar year. So don't think that he has to use it like, you know, before the All-Star break. It's his choice if he wants to use that. So your next question is, how often do these things actually get used? (laughs) Again, another great question, and I'm so glad you asked. But here's the honest question, or here's the honest answer. They rarely get used. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, Danny won the Gordon Hayward trade. He's the greatest GM of all time. Can you believe this guy? What Danny pulled off was dope. It was awesome. I love it. But with with the history of trade exceptions, it doesn't make you feel very comfortable. Danny isn't going to get some big-name player. Uh, He won't. I mean, unless something absolutely goes crazy with another team and he wants to bite the bullet and then find a way to get rid of Kemba Walker or Marcus Smart and Tristan Thompson and Grant Williams. or Again, this is just examples for money purposes. It's not who I'm saying I want Danny to get rid of because we all know I want Danny to get rid of Romeo Langford. We all know that. So Danny isn't going to get some big guy. He might get a couple players chip away at that salary exception all in one trade and get some good players that can help out right then and there. We've all been wrong about Danny before, as we can see with this trade exception, because we all thought he lost the, the Gordon Hayward trade. I know I flipped out about it because once I saw that Gordon Hayward was walking and there was no trade exception attached to it, I was pissed. So, again, these are these are used very, very rarely. But sometimes you can use them to get a player off of waivers. For example, like Andre Iguodala, I believe... If I remember correctly, the Heat got him off of... No, the Heat didn't get him off of waivers. I think the Grizzlies got him off of waivers with a trade exception that they had, and then they traded it off with the Heat. It was something along those lines. I feel like Andre Iguodala got picked up off of waivers with a trade exception. So yeah, so that is the little breakdown of the Charlotte Hornets, Boston Celtics, Gordon Hayward trade exception. Sorry Sorry that it's a week late, but hopefully I explained it to you better than anyone else did because right now my mind hurts, my tongue hurts, I feel uncomfortable, I'm sweating, but we're moving on. So let's talk about the Celtics injury news that they announced. So the Celtics announced last week that Kemba Walker got an injection in his knee in October with a recovery period of 12 weeks. He should be back by mid-January. Here's the issue. This is scary to me because it's not structural damage. He got a stem cell injection, which just basically means his knee is like slowly dying and he just needed some energy. So how often can he get these things? Like, can he play for three months, get another injection, and then be off for two months? So, you know, do we rush him back in January, have him play until mid-March, and when they take those 10 days off, have him get another needle, and hopefully he's back for the playoffs? I don't know. It's not good, though. It, there's, there's no way you can look up stem cell injections on Google I know I shouldn't go to Google for everything, but it's not a lot of people know about it. But everything that I hear about it, it's something that is like last resort before you really have to repair the whole knee. So obviously they have time to rest him up as much as possible for the playoffs. Load management, even though I hate the thing, is going to be a thing this year. But the thing that scares me the most, I feel like Kemba is a rhythm guy. 
And I don't think he's going to have that a lot with everything that's been going on. Like, he's going to come back mid-January and literally play for about six or seven weeks. And then they're going away for like 10 or 12 days before the second part of the season shows up. So I feel like right when Kemba is probably getting into his rhythm, it's just going to go away. And then he's going to have to work back at it. And can that knee stay healthy? So, you know, if Kemba's like, hey, my knee's a little sore today, and the Celtics have to give him a night off, then let's say they don't play for another two or three days later. He hasn't played for a few days. That could throw everyone off. So I'm a little concerned about that. Now, we, we know the season starts on December 2nd, or December 2nd, December 22nd, which is great. But as I mentioned last week in episode 101, my number one concern going to training camp was Kemba Walker's knee. And then, like, literally 12 hours later, they announced that he had stem cell research, or not stem cell research, a stem cell injection. So at this point, what is the starting lineup going to be without Kemba? Is it going to be Teague, Smart, Jalen, Jason, Tice? Or is it going to be Smart, Jalen, Jason, Tice, Tristan Thompson? Or do you go Smart, Jalen, Jason, Grant Williams, Tice? Brad has a lot of decisions to make, and that's why Brad Stevens was number three on my list on things that were super focused on, or one of my storylines going on in the season, because Brad Stevens has a lot, a lot of work ahead of him. And it the, the weird but good thing is now that probably gives more time for the young kids, like Pritchard. I know that Teague is probably going to get most of the minutes, as he should. He's a vet. He He's recently said in a press conference, you know, that he didn't really enjoy his time in the last place that he was at. And he this is this is probably his best shot at winning a championship. So hopefully Jeff T can step his game up and go all out every single time. You drafted Peyton Pritchard for a reason. Now you can use him for some early reps, which I think is huge. I really and truly do. I mean, I, I said last week I want Neesmith to start, like, off the bat. If you can have smart Neesmith, Jalen, Jason, and Tice, I'm for it. Because I, I think the young kids need to get off right away, especially if Kemba's going to be gone for a bit. These kids need action fresh. And if you lose your first couple games, who gives a crap? It's all about how you finish. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you, I would even be okay with throwing Tremont Waters into the water. But no Isaiah Thomas. And that is where we bring in Season 3 for the very first time of the Banner Banter Podcast, your stud and dud of the week. There go. And now. It is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, here we go. Your stud and dud of the week. We haven't done one probably since what? The Eastern Conference Finals? So everyone's favorite little thing that I do every week, stud and dud of the week. The stud, I know this is going to sound corny, but it's you, the fans, the listeners. I really appreciate it. You guys got me up to the 69th most listened to basketball podcast on Apple in the United States. So cool. So thankful. Thank you for your support. It was really cool to see the Banner Banter podcast rise up the charts. That was very cool. And hopefully we can continue that success. Got over 250 listens. So cool. Really, really thankful. I appreciate it. Now, the dud of the week <clears throat> are the fans that want to bring back Isaiah Thomas. I have talked about this a lot, and it's starting to drive me insane. First off, let me just say, what I'm about to say has nothing to do with Isaiah Thomas not saying thank you for when I bought him and his family breakfast a few, a few years ago. I'm over it, okay? At the time, I wasn't, but I'm over it. 
We have Jeff Teague. We have Peyton Pritchard. We have Tremont Waters. We do not need Isaiah Thomas on this team. Like, stop. Stop with the nonsense. For the love of God, stop. I can't stand it. The guy has a bad hip. The last three years of his career has been a poop sandwich. It's been awful. Now, I, I feel bad for IT. I love Isaiah Thomas for every single thing that he did for the Boston Celtics, getting him in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, losing his tooth, losing his sister, and then playing the next day in that horrific car accident. Isaiah, that cool Isaiah Thomas story isn't going to automatically get inserted into this year's Celtics team. Isaiah Thomas thinks he's the bee's knees, and I, you should. You were almost an MVP candidate for being a, a late second-round draft pick. You got traded from the Kings. You got traded from the Suns. No one really liked you. You came to the Celtics. You crushed it. Good for you. You're older. You got a bad hip. You're a terrible defender. You're shorter than Kemba. It just won't work. I don't understand why people are just like, oh I, oh, I love what Danny Ainge did with Peyton Pritchard. I love what Danny Ainge did with Tremont Waters, but we need Isaiah Thomas back. Stop. Stop. Please. It was fun. It was real. It was fun. It was real fun. And that's it. And I don't, he says it every year. This is the best I've ever felt. And then all of his best friends are like, oh yeah, he's crushing guys. That's awesome that you can go to your local YMCA and absolutely crush it a bunch of, against a bunch of NBA guys. A, not in front of fans. B, just playing ball versus actually running an offense, running schemes, et cetera, et cetera. It's not the same. Get over the Isaiah Thomas thing. You got Peyton Pritchard, who's younger. And we don't know if he's better yet, but he's younger. Tremont Waters, I think everyone likes Tremont Waters. I'm not saying he's the next Isaiah Thomas at all, but I think we all liked him and all loved what he did. Jeff Teague, he's healthy. He's never had major hip replacement. I don't think it was a hip replacement, but major hip surgery. And what Danny Ainge did to IT was a little messed up. We can all agree to it. But stop. Stop, stop, stop the nonsense with this Isaiah Thomas stuff. And I know most of the nonsense are from the people who really started getting into the Celtics when they were teenagers or while they were in college. And that was the prime, their prime Celtics like time. And I get it. I, I really do. You know, I was lucky enough to have the Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker years in the early 2000s because in the mid-90s they weren't that great. But stop with the Isaiah Thomas stuff. Oh, my God. I'm over it. We got three guys. That are good. And then we also have a, uh, an all-star in Kemba Walker who's going to be healthy enough to come back. Now, it may not be great, but he's going to be healthy to come back. So I'll take Kemba's bad knee over IT any day of the week. Let me just say that. So you stud this week. Thanks for your support. The dud. The people who are still supporting Isaiah Thomas. Holy mother of God. All right, a couple other injury things. Uh, Tristan Thompson got a hamstring uh, strain while he was working out uh, before camp started. He has been limited. It's not a concern, but just something to keep an eye on. I, an eye out on. And Tristan Thompson loved what he said in his most recent press conference about how he's been watching the Celtics, how it's Jason Tatum's team. He was, I'm telling you, his locker room presence, he's won a championship before. If he can bring that energy, keep the Kardashian noise out of there, I'm telling you, this is going to be good. I think Tristan Thompson is going to make a lot of people happy in Boston, or he's going to make a lot of people angry. I don't think it's going to be anywhere in the middle, but right now, after everything that he said in that press conference about Tatum, the team, how much he's watched the Celtics before, I'm in for it. And then, here's the other thing. Jim Murray from 98.5 The Sports Hub, he's on Felger and Mass, brought up a great point. 
Tristan Thompson is the first clutch sports client. Clutch Sports is owned by, you know, LeBron James and his uh, best friend, what is it, Rich Paul? I believe that's what his name is. If Tristan Thompson can give a good report out saying Brad Stevens is great, playing with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are great, Boston's actually a pretty dope city minus the snow. You guys should sign here. That means big, big things for free agents. Now, we've never really had that before, but Rich Paul is slowly taking full control of the NBA with LeBron. I respect the crap out of it, what they're doing. It's a little annoying, but I respect it. And if Tristan Thompson can have a good experience here, give him whatever he wants. He wants to start, give it to him. I don't agree with it, but give it to him. Whatever he wants. Any good news from any Clutch Sports clients that can come over to the Celtics? Because if you look, if you go to clutchsports.com or whatever the hell it's called, and you go to their website and you see everyone that they have, you'd be like, oh, I'd love him on the Celtics. Oh, I'd love him on the Celtics. Oh, he would be good on the Celtics. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. If Tristan Thompson has a good experience here, we can keep getting big-time free agents. And that's that. All right, and finally, Romeo Langford. He continues his five-month recovery plan from his uh, September surgery. He should be back in February. Who cares? All right, uh, let's talk the NBA schedule. The NBA schedule came out. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I'm going to give you some fun stats. I'm going to kind of give you a month-by-month, week-by-week breakdown, and we'll end this podcast for you so you, can, so you can go on your merry way. All right, so the Celtics, as you guys know, which I talked about last week, has two preseason games, December 15th and December 18th. I'll be previewing both of those games, things that I'm looking for with the offense, with the defense, et cetera, et cetera, on episode 102. Training camp officially started yesterday on Sunday. Uh, so far, no bad bad reports so far. Knock on wood. So that's that. And as of right now, the Celtics schedule is only available until March 4th, 2021. The reason for this is because the league wants to make sure that they have room, space, availability, whatever you want to call it, for any postponed game due to COVID, you see uh, what the NFL is going through. College basketball is kind of going through it right now. Same thing with college football. Basically, the NBA doesn't want to have to have what the Steelers and Ravens did if you're an NFL fan last week where they had to move the game 17 times. They can go, all right, you know what? This isn't going to work. We'll reschedule it later on in the year to make sure each team plays 72 games. I think it's a great idea. Great, great, great idea by the NBA. So, Here we go. 38 regular season games. 26 games for the Celtics in the first part will be against the East, 12 versus the West, which means the second half of the season will be 16 games versus the East and 18 games versus the West because they're playing 72 games this year and not their usual 82. Great. I'm a little bummed because the Lakers are coming on January 30th. And the way... The Massachusetts COVID numbers are going. I ain't going to see the Lakers. And I usually get three or four days to myself every year where it's like, it's my day. It's my birthday. Celtics Lakers. Celtics opening night. My dad's anniversary. So I'm not very happy I'm not going to get one of those days this year because there is nothing I love more than going to a Celtics Lakers game, getting a little uh, lubed up, as TB12 used to say before Lakers game, and let them have at it because there's nothing I hate more on the planet than the Lakers. All right. Your broadcasting schedule for the Celtics, they're going to have six games on ESPN, two at home, four on the road. Three games on NBC, two at home, one on the road. TNT will have uh, seven games, three at home, four on the road. Total of 16 nationally televised games, which I believe is the second or third most, excuse me, uh, which I believe is the second or third most in the NBA behind your Los Angeles Lakers. All right. Timing is everything, and the Celtics will have 16 games starting at 7.30 p.m., which is 40% of their games, and the other 25 of their games will be played at 8 p.m. or later, 
12.5% of their games will be played prior to 5 p.m., so anytime before 5 p.m., for those of you that don't know what the word prior means. And then they will have 25% of the games on Friday, 23% of the games on Wednesday, and the other 23% of their games on Sunday. Back-to-backs are going to be a big thing for every single team in the NBA. Some teams have nine, other have five. Of course, the Lakers only have five. The Heat have five, but their teams like the Cavs, they have nine. Luckily, the Celtics have only have seven. They have three away away back-to-backs, which means they're going to play in one city, and then their next one will be in a different city. They'll have two away and one home. So that basically means two of the back-to-backs, they'll be away, and then they'll play at home. And then they have one home and away, where they'll play one at home, one and away, and then they'll have one home and home. Does that make sense for everyone? Great. So three times, they're going to play away, away. Two times, they're going to play away, and then at home. One time, home and away. Another time, home and home. So there's your seven back-to-backs for the Celtics. 13 times a season, they will have to play three games in four days. That's where you're a little concerned with Ky- uh, Kyrie's knee. Oh, boy, I almost said Kyrie. I did say Kyrie, but 13, 13 times a season, they will play three games in four days. That's concerning for Kemba's knee. That's a lot of wear and tear in Kemba's knee. 18 times <clears throat> in the first half of the season, they'll have to play four games in six days. Again, a little concerning, but it's good that Tatum's young, good that Jalen's young, good that Smart's young, unless he doesn't you know, fake flop and kill himself or hurt himself, whatever the case may be. But there is only going to be four times this year where they have multiple days off. So those four days, um, that's where you could see Kemba taking a game off and then getting two or three days of rest and then coming back. So that's where I think Kemba's load management might might be key. It's it's really scary on these the fact that they're playing 13 times, three games in four days. That's petrifying for Kemba's knee. It really is. So the, the Celtics will have... Uh, Home stands of three games or more, three times, which is delicious. And then their longest home stand is in February for five games in eight days. And that is right after their longest road trip, which will be five games in eight days, the first week of February. And they'll have three road trips of three games or more. Did everyone write down all those stats? I love going through the schedule. Like I said, it's one of my favorite things. Nerd alert. I get it. So game-by-game breakdown of what the schedule is going to look like for the Boston Celtics this year for, for starters. You hate to see that the first six out of nine games are on the road, and it's going to be without Kemba. So the first six games, you're going to see a lot of the young guys, and we're going to have to be patient because it may not be pretty. Because you start off with the Milwaukee Bucks at home on December 22nd. I'm sorry, on December 23rd at home. Breaking news, the Bucks are good. Giannis is there. Giannis can win a game by himself. So it'll be interesting to see how Drew Holiday, and they lost Wesley Matthews, it will be interesting to see how that all works out for them. So keep an eye out on that Bucks game, okay? Then Christmas Day, 5 p.m. against the Brooklyn Nets. Somehow Kyrie gets away from being booed at TD Garden by everyone and their mother. I'm hoping that uh, maybe my season ticket rep can sneak me into that game and I can cheer for Kyrie to really throw him off to give the Celtics an easy win. But the Nets are good, the Bucks are good, so that's a crazy way to start. And then you play the Pacers and the Grizzlies. The Pacers are good-ish. You're better than them. And then the Grizzlies are fun. Shout-out to Brandon Clark. Shout-out to my boy Brandon Clark. So that'll be interesting. I think you can end December going 4-1 and one or 3-2. and two. You know, if you beat the Bucks like you did last year at the Garden, 
uh, on opening night, and then let's just say you lose to the Nets, you beat the Pacers twice, and then you beat the Grizzlies, you're 4-1. Worst case scenario, you're 3-2. and two. You beat the Pacers twice, you beat the Grizzlies, and then you lose to the Nets and the Bucks. Not ideal, but you could see it happen. Then January rolls around, and it's not easy. But if Kemba can come halfway through like they're projecting, that would be good. They have back-to-back games to start versus the Pistons, which are easy. The Pistons are a joke, an absolute joke. They should be one of the worst teams in the NBA. I'd be shocked if they're any better than, like, fifth worst. Uh, then three out of the next four against the Raptors and the Heat. You play the Heat twice, the Raptors once, and then the Wizards. It'll be interesting to see how the Wizards are now that they have Russell Westbrook and they got rid of John Wall. Will Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal not play well together? Part of me hopes that they don't. So Bradley Beal wants out, and Danny Ainge is like, oh, hey, Bradley, how you doing, man? I heard your best friend Jason Tatum. Well, not best friend, but you get what I'm saying. I heard one of your really good friends, Jason Tatum, plays for the Celtics. Would you like to come our way? That would make me really happy. But anyways. So you have that, and then you're not worried about the Bulls. You're not worried about the Magic. You're not worried about the Cavs. You're not worried about the Spurs. I mean, DeMar DeRozan's really good. LaMarcus Aldridge is good. Greg Popovich, arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. But I'm not worried about the Spurs. Then you have two games in three days against the 76ers. Both games are in Philly, and then you end the month of January against the Lakers. I think you can go 13-3 and in that month. I really do. But I could also see 11-5. and I could see you losing to the Heat twice losing to the 76ers once, losing to the Raptors, and losing to the Lakers and winning all your other games. But I can also see them, you know, losing to the Heat once, beating the Raptors and the Heat again, losing to the 76ers once, and then either beating or losing to the Lakers. So you could go 14-2, 13-3, at worst 11-5. So at worst, in my opinion, you're already at 14-7 and heading into the month of February. February comes around, hopefully everyone's back, hopefully everyone's healthy, you're a team now, everyone's on the same page, so you know that it's go time. And the Celtics need that to happen because, they, like I mentioned earlier, their first five games are out west. They play the Warriors, the Kings, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Jazz. Those are not an easy five games. I think you can beat the Warriors. I understand Steph Curry. He's back. He's healthy. It'll be interesting to see how Kelly Oubre does with him. I know Kelly Oubre used to play for the Warriors back in the day. And then will James Wiseman be good? Is Draymond Green still a player that can affect the game? You know, kind of like what Marcus Smart does. You know, just things that aren't on the stat sheet. So that will be interesting. You know, it sucks that Clay Thompson got hurt. Love Clay Thompson. It's heartbreaking that he came back from an ACL injury, was ready to go, and now he has torn Achilles. That just absolutely sucks. So I think you can beat the Warriors. You can absolutely beat the Kings. You can beat the Jazz. The Jazz are fine, but I just think they're a little overhyped. But I think the Suns game is going to be tough. I really do. I think Chris Paul makes that team better. I mean, you saw what Chris Paul did with the Oklahoma City Thunder. No one thought the Oklahoma City Thunder were going to be that good. I mean, people thought, you know, maybe the 8 or 9 seed, but they didn't think they were going to be in, the, you know, top 5 or top 6 in the West. No one thought that. So, And we all know that Devin Booker loves playing the Celtics. Who can forget when he dropped 70 on the Celtics? Or was it 71 or 72? Whatever the case may be, he dropped 70 on the Celtics. He loves playing against the Celtics. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, he's going to be much better. It will be very interesting to see how much better the Suns will be with Chris Paul. So that's not going to be an easy game at all. And then obviously the Clippers game is going to be tough. You know, Hopefully you know Kawhi Leonard or Paul George needs some load management or something. But you know they got Serge Ibaka. They're better. Stand by your man Marcus Morris is back with them as well. So they definitely got better. You know, they did lose Montreal Harrell, but uh, I feel like some Clippers fans from reading some stuff on the Twitter machine are, are okay with that and content with that. So that'll be interesting. And then after 
those five games out west, they come home to play the Raptors, the Pistons, the Nuggets, and the Hawks twice. And to me, I know the Hawks added a lot of pieces. I just don't know how it's all going to work. You know, John Collins, Trey Young, they're obviously good. Rondo's there. Gallinari's there. They definitely got better. But did they get better where you're worried about them? No, not really. I really don't. So I, I think they could win all five of those games. I really do. I'm not worried about the Pistons. I think you're better than the Nuggets. And you can beat the Hawks twice. I know you can. Then they go on the road and play the Pelicans, Mavs, and Hawks, and then end it at home against the Pacers and the Wizards. So I think you can go 12-3 and this month. I really do. You lose one game to the Suns. You lose one game to the Clippers. You lose one game, let's say, against the Mavs or something because Luka goes absolutely nuts. You're 12-3. and At worst, you're 11-4 that month. So at worst, I think, at worst, you're 25-11. and So then you have two games, the first two games – I'm sorry, not they don't play the Clippers until March. That's my bad. So they don't play the Clippers until the first week of March at home. They play the Clippers and then the Raptors. So best case scenario for me, you go 30-8, and eight, which would be delicious. Worst case, you go 25-13, and 13, which is fine. I All I want the Celtics to do, because it, it's going to be very interesting with home court advantage in the playoffs. You could see Miami because Florida doesn't give a crap about COVID. They literally don't give a flying fuck about it that if the Heat have home court, that could hurt you. But if you can get 3,500, 5,000 people at TD Garden, <laughs> I promise you I will be hurt. So I, as long as the Celtics can finish in the top two or three in the East, and I think you could do that 25 and 13, because, again, this season's going to be super weird. Like, there could be games where Tatum, Brown, and Smart all have COVID, and then the Celtics, that, then the Celtics starting lineup will be like Teague, Neesmith, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, and Tristan Thompson. Not great, Bob. You, you get what I'm saying? So this this season's going to be crazy. But I really think that you could get somewhere between 25 to 30 wins before this little break on March 4th. Great day, March 4th. So that's that. That's it for episode 101 of the Banner Banter podcast, 101 episodes deep. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter podcast. Black Lives Matter. Don't forget to wear a mask. Don't forget to donate blood. You can donate blood uh, through the Red Cross at Big Night Live. And then uh, just one quick little thing. Uh, <clears throat> I record this on Sunday, and earlier this morning we got some news that one of my very good friends, uh, Jimmy D, uh, his mother passed away. She battled cancer for 10 years. I just want to give Jimmy, uh, his dad Ron, and his mother Jan, rest in peace. Uh, she was an amazing woman. She cared a lot about a group of friends that we lived in a house that we called the Big Red. Uh, so shout out to all those guys and uh, rest in peace to what we like to call Mama D, uh, Mama Daniels. Uh, she was an amazing woman. We'll miss her so, so much. And I uh, just want to send my thoughts and condolences over to the Daniels family. So thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Banner Rancher Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.